All right, listen, find your sermon outline there in your bulletin. And let's open our Bibles to the book of Exodus, please. Exodus chapter 20. You'll find that on page 118 if you're using that book rack Bible. Not a hard book to find. Second book of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus. Honor your mother. So I heard about this mom that was walking with her four-year-old daughter. And the girl picked up something from the ground and started to put it in her mouth. And the mother says in her own words, I took the item away from her and asked her not to do that. My daughter quickly asked, why? Well, because it's been lying outside. You don't know where it's been. It's dirty and probably has germs. At this point, my daughter, she says, looked at me with total admiration and said, wow, how do you know all this stuff? (laughs) She says, I thought quickly and said, all moms know this stuff. It's on the mommy test. You have to know it or they don't let you be a mommy. A couple minutes later, she quizzically looked up at her mom and then with a, a notion of, of affirmation, so if you don't pass the test, you have to be a daddy. <laughs> Moms, do you like that? Huh? I like the mom that had about four kids and she was having one of those days and someone lovingly said, if you had it all over to do again, would you have children? She said, absolutely, just different ones. <laughs> As moms, you know what that's like, don't you? You know what it's like. Well, it's great to see you here this morning. Today we're going to open our series officially on the Honor Challenge. And what a great way to start when we think about honoring our moms. Honoring our moms, how important is that? And it's great that today we kind of, it's neat when a series comes along where we're going to look at honor for the next six weeks. And here we are on a Sunday where a lot of times we honor moms, but we might be in a different teaching series. And it's always a little awkward on those kinds of Sundays. I was thinking back years ago when I was teaching through the book of Revelation. And I think we landed on Mother's Day with Revelation 17 and the, you know, the woman and the, the beast, you know, of... If you know Revelation 17, that's, that's an awkward moment. That's not really a good, like, right in there, you know, for a Mother's Day Sunday. Well, today we are. Here's Mother's Day. We're in a series on honor, and we're going to be looking at God's Word and what it says about honoring our parents and what it means to honor our moms. So if you have your Bible there and you're in Exodus, uh, we're going to jump right into it here. Here's where we're going to go in the sermon today. Basically, I want to talk to you about a basic foundation that is important if we're going to honor our moms or honor our parents, and we're going to see that here in Exodus, and then we're going to be looking at what that means. We're going to be looking at the emphasis that's in that command. We're going to look at the incentive to that command, and then we're going to look at the alert that is around that command, or a little bit of a warning about it. And then we're going to pan back, and we're going to do a quick flyover of what the word honor means, both in the Hebrew language and the Greek language, simple definition, and then we're going to see how that applies specifically to moms. And we're going to do all that in about 30 minutes or less, so hang on and get ready, okay? 
So here we are in Exodus chapter 20, and we're going to look at this basic foundation. I'm just trying to build a foundation for what it means to honor our parents this morning. And we're talking about parents, but today we're specifically going to apply this to moms. At the end of the series, Pastor Danny, we're going to be flipping off each week a different message. Uh, Danny will be up next week. I'll be the week after. We'll be going back and forth. And he'll be closing the series on honoring your fathers. And so that works out really great as we go all the way around this. Here in Exodus 20, verse 12, we read this. And this is a part of the Ten Commandments. Honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Now, all the, ten, all the commandments are amazing and they're important for us. But right here, this fifth commandment, this really important commandment, significant in that it points to the fundament, fundamental importance of This command in relation to all of God's law, this is a biggie to God. We find this in Deuteronomy 5.16, the same words exactly. And then in Leviticus 19, a little different rendering where it says, each of you must respect his mother and father. And there in Leviticus, mother is placed before father. So it's an interesting picture that we have in the Old Testament that God felt it was really important that offspring learn what it means to honor their parents. And specifically, both parents, a mother and a father. As we come to the New Testament, we find in Ephesians 6, 1 through 3, and we'll put this on the screen. Let's read it out loud together. This is Paul's admonition to the church at Ephesus. He says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on earth. So there again, Paul is sort of extrapolating a little bit, and he's giving this idea of that it may go well with you, that it will be better for your life. This is a really important command that both the Old Testament and the New Testament uh, brings to the life of a follower of Christ. But let me point out a couple of things in terms of what this command uh, is showing us. Number one, I want to show you the emphasis of this command. The emphasis is on the position. Say the word position. It's the position, honor your father and your mother. Here the text clearly shows us that the position, the role, even more than the person is in view here. We are honoring a father or we're honoring a mother. We're honoring the role of parenting. And what this means is, if you're taking notes, it means that honor isn't tied to one's assessment of a parent's worthiness. Let's be honest, some of us have had Hard mothers. I'm thinking of that police cadet that was taking an exam. What would you do if you had to honor, if you had to, if you had to arrest your mother? And his answer was, call for backup. (laughs) Sorry. Trying to bring a little levity and something that's a little heavy for us. The reality is some of us have had harder mothers, difficult mothers, difficult situations. And the point of the scripture is, is that we're to honor not not the person on the basis of how well they did. For example, if that were the case, God would have said something like this, honor your father and mother as long as they were good or respectable or they kept their word or they didn't abuse you or they didn't abandon you. You see, God's word never says that, never gives qualifiers. It just says, honor your father and mother. And your mother, it's a, it's a commandment to us. Did you know that children are never commanded in Scripture to love their parents? They're only commanded to honor their parents. 
That's interesting. I was a youth pastor for years, and I remember preaching on this once, and I was kind of waxing on, you know, about, hey, you're not called to, you're not called, you're not commanded to love, you're commanded to honor your parents. And one kid kind of took that to mean he didn't have to love his parents. He goes, finally, a command I can keep, you know, he was excited about that. I said, no, 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 you don't get, you don't understand. That's not to give you a license to not love your parents, because we're to love everyone, and there should be a love relationship between kids and their parents, but the idea is, when God looks at offspring, he says, honor is the point. Now, you might be sitting here and think, okay, well, I did have a hard growing up, or I did have a mom that was difficult, or had issues, or there was abandonment, or whatever. Or whenever we're together, there's been fights, and we never get along, and we struggle with each other. Let me just give you a couple of ideas of how you can honor, truly honor, someone that's been very difficult in your life as a mom or as a parent. If you want to honor the position without necessarily creating a greater conflict in your life, here's a couple ideas. Number one, how about praying for your parents or praying for your mother? That's a great way to honor somebody, by praying for them. How about uh, not putting yourself in environments where the friction will begin? That means sometimes the way you honor a parent, a difficult parent, is by actually staying away. Now, that, that may sound a little disingenuous. I'm honoring you today by staying out of your life. You know, that's, that, that seems a little disingenuous. You don't have to make those kind of statements. You don't have to make those proclamations. But you can actually distance yourself as a means of honoring because you know that in that environment, you know, the fire starts. A form of honoring can come perhaps in the area of not bringing up a past sin, You know, love covers a multitude of sin, the Bible says. And love keeps no record of wrongs against it, right? Right? So that didn't sound right. Wrong, right. The point is, God calls us to love in such a way that we don't, you know, we we don't call these things. So one of the ways to honor a difficult situation is by not bringing those situations back. Um, It might even mean leaving a legal matter alone. And depending on the age and depending on what the infraction was and all that, I mean, I I just think sometimes these are some positive ways that you can actually honor a parent that has been difficult to you. Not because they were worthy of honor, not because they deserve necessary honor, but because God has called us to honor our fathers and mothers. And this is a huge thing. I said last week in a preview message for this series that we've lost a sense of honor And one of the greatest ways that we can show a world out there that we are different as Christ followers is when we choose to honor those who don't necessarily deserve it, don't necessarily uh, uh, have done something to sort of call us into that honor. Maybe they haven't even lived honorably. And this applies to every area where we are called to honor. Same way when we honor authority, when we honor uh, government These are all areas that we can show we honor as being not necessarily honoring the the situation because that person necessarily deserves it, but because the office or because the role that they take. And when it comes to being a parent, we all know as parents that as difficult as it is, uh, it is a beautiful thing to be honored even when you know you don't deserve it. When you know you've made your own mistakes and your own slip-ups and foul-ups and sometimes downright sin. So honor is not tethered to one's worthiness. It's also not tethered to one's age. 
We don't find anywhere in Scripture where one ceases to honor parents because of their age. Like you come to the point where you say, okay, now I'm 21 or 31 or 41 or 51. I don't have to honor my parents anymore. No. Or because my parents are 50, 60, 70, 80 or whatever, I don't have to honor them anymore. Um, check out Proverbs 23:22. We'll put it on the screen. And let's read it out loud together. Listen to your father who gave you life and do not despise your mother when she is old. Wow, so there sort of bypasses the whole issue of age. Now, honor might look different as a 10-year-old than it does a 40-year-old. Because as a 10-year-old, maybe the best way to honor your parents, and this is why Ephesians 6 stresses, puts emphasis on obedience, because as a child, the best way to honor a parent is by obeying the parent. As you grow older, it's not so much in obedience, but it's in the attitude that comes out of your life. So that's the first little thing I wanted to show you. It's, it's, not, it's not an issue of worthiness and it's not an issue of age. In fact, when Paul uses in Ephesians 6, he uses the word children there in Ephesians 6, 1, children obey your parents and honor them in the Lord. Uh, you must honor your father and mother. The, the word children there in the Greek language is technon, which means someone of any age. There should be always a sense of honoring the role of a parent. In our lives. So what a beautiful day today to be reminded of that truth. So that's the foundation. There's this, this emphasis on a position, not on the person per se. The second thing I want to show you about this command is that there's an incentive. We are incentivized by a promise. There's a promise laid into this command in Exodus chapter 20. And do you, did you hear what the promise was? It says that it may go well with you, that you might live long in the land. Um, God offers this beautiful promise, and Paul comes back in the New Testament and actually emphasizes this. This is the only command of the Ten Commandments with a promise sewn into it. Now, the promise includes what looks like longevity here, and, and I think that that's a, a, a pretty awesome statement. Um, and I can't scientifically prove this, you know, because really this, uh, the point is, many of the commands we have in the Old Testament about raising kids and parenting and, and lots of things that have to do with family dynamics are, are axiomatic in their nature. What I mean by that, what the Bible says in terms of these commands is they're not a surefire guarantee in every case, but it's sort of an arc. It's sort of a trajectory that you can depend on. And so when God says, look, when you honor your parents the way I call you to, not because of their worthiness and not because of their age or your age, but when you just have an attitude of honoring them, your life is going to come out better. And, and like I said, there's no scientific study on this, but I just kind of go through my own mind. I think about, about, about what it means to live an honorable life and honor parents and, and how that tends to lead people into an honorable life themselves and raising kids that understand what it means to honor their parents and, and it sort of reduces stress. However, on the other side of it, I've known people who specifically have been very antagonistic to parents, very unruly to parents, disobedient to parents, dishonoring to parents, and you'll look at their life and it's a big ball of mess. And so here's this axiomatic Again, I can't prove this scientifically. Maybe you can do a little countdown in your own thinking. I mean, you know, you could bring the example, oh, I knew somebody that honored his parents and he got cancer and died when he was 25, you know. That, that's not a deal breaker. That, that, that's not saying that that person's life wasn't blessed in that, in that result as well. 
Or you could say, I know someone who dishonored his parents and he's still alive and he's 75 years old. How does this promise apply? The point is, as a general promise, God is saying, it's going to go better for you if you learn what it means to honor. And let me just give you a couple practical reasons why I think it's true and why God's word tells us this. Number one, think about people that are full of dishonor in their life and frustrated and angry over things that have happened. Listen, they live with a lifestyle of anxiety, a lifestyle of regrets, a lifestyle of unforgiveness, and all that adds up into physical, emotional, psychological pressures, trials, setbacks, and, and all that stuff. And so you can kind of cut loose from those things when you choose to honor God. And I'm not saying that that's an easy road, but that's what we're called to as Christ followers, to honor God. Now, I love how the Bible even places uh, scriptures that remind us that children of any age should live with a sense of what a parent feels toward them. And I'm going to quote uh, Proverbs 23, 25 where it says, may your father and mother be glad. May she who gave you birth rejoice. You see, offspring should always be thinking, would this bless my dad? Would this bless my mom? Or would this hurt them? You know, uh, my mother-in-law, I only have one mom now, my mother-in-law. She's a treasure to me. And we've had problems in our family. You've had problems in your family. Everybody. Does anybody not have problems? <laughs> we've all got problems. And one time, my mother-in-law, my dear sweet mother-in-law, pulled me aside. That was one of those little seasons where I was just going through a rough time. And she said, Larry, you know, when your kids are little, they, they step on your feet. But when they grow up, sometimes they step on your heart. Wow, such a, a word of wisdom. And it just spoke into my heart. And I figured, well, she's got experience with this too, you know? We're all, as parents, our kids are going to at times hurt us. And there should be, if, you're, if your parents are alive, if you still have a mom or a dad that's alive, there still should be the thought of, how can I honor them by, by not grieving their spirit by what I've done, by what I've said, by what I do, by the lifestyle I live? And God made it this way so that we would have this this idea of a promise. It will go well with you. It will be better for you. God's always looking out for what's best for us. I'm so grateful for that. There's an alert in this, and I see, I see a, a, a position, I see a promise, and I see a prediction. And it's not so much from Exodus 20 that I see this prediction, but it's more when I come to the New Testament and I find out that that the characteristic of a person outside of Christ who's never come into a relationship with Christ is marked by, among many other things, a, a spirit of disobedience to parents. When Paul describes the depravity of man in Romans 1, and boy, this is a heavy section of Scripture, in Romans 1 he describes the depravity of man, meaning that in and of ourselves there's nothing good in us. Uh, good theology tells us that man isn't born good. Now, that doesn't mean we don't do good things, and I don't want to get too far off topic here for a moment, but I want to put to ease some of you that realize, well, wait a minute, I know people that are not Christians, and they're just good people. That's true. We can do good things. 
But the Bible says if you look deep in the heart of who we are, we are all depraved before the grace and mercy of God has shown upon our hearts to where by faith we believe in the one who came to die for our sins and give us new life. And Romans 1 says this, it says, they are, this is describing an unregenerate person. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. They are gossips, slanderers, God-haters, insolent, arrogant, and boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. They disobey their parents. They are senseless, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Although they know God's righteous decree and those who do such things deserve death, they not only continue to do these things, but also approve of those who practice them. <laughs> That's a heavy text. I'm glad I'm not preaching that text today. Happy Mother's Day. <laughs> but the point is, this is an important text to realize that this is all of us, all of our hearts are this way before the grace and the love of Jesus has set us free. And so we can rejoice this morning. We always look for where is, the, where is the strain of the gospel in any message. And as I read scripture and as I think about what it means to obey parents and honor parents, I come to this text in Romans 1 and I'm reminded of the grace of Jesus who has purchased for me my forgiveness totally and completely. And not because I deserve it, not because I've worked for it, but because he extends his gift of mercy to me by simply believing, by trusting in him, I may pass out of death and into life. And that's a beautiful promise, and that applies to all of us who are here this morning. If you've never opened your heart to Jesus Christ, may I implore you, encourage you to see that he is the one who can turn that dark heart of ours, all of our hearts are darkened, into the light of his glorious truth and that we may walk in humility with him. Did you know that it's the mark of the last days? There's this prophetic calendar that we are aware of. Jesus Christ is returning to earth. Praise God. And we forget that and we sort of put that out of our mind's eye. We are to be reminded daily that the Lord is, is, is going to return. And in the last days before he comes, Paul writes to Timothy and he says, Mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, and disobedient to parents. This is first, uh, 2 Timothy 3, 2 through 5. And I, I point that out because, well, you could say all those things have been since the beginning of time. Yes, but there would be an escalation of this in the last days, the Bible says. And I don't know about you. I look around and I just see an escalation. And who knows where we are in the timetable. Jesus' return may be 100 years away. It could be 100 days away. We don't know. But I do say this. In the culture in which we live, uh, we are inculcating a spirit of, of uh, uh, individualism to where kids have rights over their parents, kids can disobey, kids can do whatever they want, it seems, and sort of be protected from parents actually employing discipline and sometimes really tough love on a child's life. This is a weird time we're living in, in the culture that we're in. So all that to point out that there's this, there's this prediction I see that I wanted you to be aware of. Now, what does honoring our parents really mean? Let's talk about a general uh, understanding of what that means. And it, it funnels down into basically, if we think about what the word honor means, 
in the Old Testament and the New Testament, I'm going to give you a quick little walk through this. Uh, it basically means uh, it's something that comes out of our attitude. It's not so much the action, but there's an attitudinal focus uh, when it comes to understanding what it means to honor. The Old Testament word uh, chabad means uh, uh, specifically an awareness of substance and weight and glory. In Numbers 20, Moses and Aaron, instead of uh, speaking to the rock, struck the rock and uh, God said, because you did not treat me honorably, because you did not see my glory as something to honor, you're not going into the promised land. That was very strong. God holds honor really high. And Moses and Aaron had trivialized and dismissed and thought that the way they treated God's command was, oh, he didn't really care about it. And God says, because you have not treated me with honor this way, you will not enter the promised land. Now, thankfully, because under the new covenant, Christ has kept all of the law of God perfectly to perfection, all of the inheritance belongs to us, not on our behavior, not how well we've done, but on what Jesus has done. Let's be really clear on that today. But I'm pointing back to the Old Testament, to this word chabad, which means to, to see weightiness and substance and glory. That's one way the word is used. As we come to the New Testament, it's primarily seen, the word tamao in the Greek language, it primarily breaks down into three separate components. And we see uh, phases of these components, even in the Old Testament command as well. But let me just give them to you. They're, they're on your outline. Recognition of one's work or contribution. A recognition. A respect through following instruction. A sense of attitudinal respect. Submissiveness. And then fourthly, lastly, the idea of worthiness or a sense of, of preciousness, worthness. So if you take those four basic meanings of the word honor and you say, well, what does it mean when God said that we should honor our father and mother? Can I suggest to you very quickly and in brief what that might mean for moms specifically? If you're taking notes, number one, we honor our mothers when we demonstrate awareness of her unique contribution. Honor begins with a simple watch, an awareness of what moms do, of what moms carry in their lives. Think about it. Moms carry around a little life for nine months. She nurses this little life once they have come out of her womb with her own body's nutrients she provides emotional security and well-being with her touch and with her words, different than the way a father does. So instrumental to the emotional well-being of a child is the voice and the touch of, her mother, of, of their mother. And with all of that, we've just begun. Her contribution to a child's future is immeasurable and inestimable in value. When Paul was searching for a metaphor that could describe the way he loved the church at Thessalonica, you know what came to his mind? Let me put it on the screen, 1 Thessalonians 2.7. He says, but we were gentle among you like a mother caring for her little children. The metaphor that Paul could think of 
The only metaphor that he felt really attached itself to a gentle caring was that of a mother. And so this is a, this is a reminder. We, as, as offspring, we say, Mom, you carried so much. The weightiness of what you had to carry in the burden that you carry, in the substance that you bring to my life, all of these things. Even mothers, watch this, and I know this is going to be tender, but even mothers that didn't know how to do it right and had their own issues to deal with and fumbled the ball and maybe brought hurt and pain into their child's life, don't ever misunderstand the point. They still carried a burden. Maybe they didn't know how to carry it. Maybe they panicked and cut loose. Maybe they turned to something that they thought would bring strength or support and it didn't. Maybe it was a person that turned into a chain of events. I don't know. I'm sure in a crowd this size, there is some huge wreckage that people are dealing with. And I'm not trying to pour salt on your wounds and God is not trying to make this a difficult moment for you. He's saying recognize in simple principle the weightiness of what a mom has to carry. And sometimes moms themselves have not been prepared adequately enough. And so because of generations before them, they don't know how to do it right. They fumble the ball. And this happens the same with fathers. You see it generationally. It happens, it happens, it happens. Praise God that God can treat us, even as a loving heavenly father, like a mother caring for her little children. Secondly, we honor our mothers when we offer recognition for what she does. When we offer recognition for what she does. And what I mean here is that we use words to honor our moms at appropriate moments and seasons in our, li- in our lives and in their lives. Most of what moms do isn't acknowledged. You know, the idea of honor uh, can also mean, in this sense, can also mean payment, How wealthy would our moms be if they were paid for everything they did? (laughs) A card, a note, a simple gift can express a beautiful word of encouragement. And remembering important dates and things that may mean something to them. Here's a little vulnerable moment. I was in college at the time. My life was going every which way. Let's be honest, I was in that season of life where it was all about me. And I remember stopping by my parents' house as I was going from one place to the next. I was living in San Jose, going to school in San Francisco, and I don't know, I was probably hungry and came by. And as I was talking to my parents, I'll never forget as I was looking around, suddenly I've seen these cards kind of pasted around, you know, on the, on the hearth and on the kitchen table, and I'm kind of, what is what, I'm thinking, have I forgotten a date here? And all of a sudden I look, and it's this happy birthday. And it's August, and, and it's today. My mom's birthday. I stopped by on my mom's birthday. <laughs> you got anything to eat? What a terrible thing. And I'll never forget, I was so humiliated because I honestly believed I want to honor my mom. But this was one day in the history of my whole life where I totally forgot. I was completely in the dark. And in that moment, I realized where I was and what it was. And I'll never forget my mom. I, she saw the panic in my face. She real, I didn't bring a car, no flower, nothing. She knew it from the second I got out of the car. 
And I'll never forget my mom. She was so great. She goes, no, I'll have, I'll have other birthdays. What do you want to eat? You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> oh, man. I just felt terrible. And I never, I never forgot a birthday after that, I'll tell you that. <laughs> but just remembering things like that. That's why the Bible says that we should never stop encouraging each other. Hebrews 3.13, 1 Thessalonians 5.11. We should continue to build each other up in encouragement. Because in, encouragement is a way of remembering, recognizing. We honor our mothers when we respect her wishes and follow her teachings. Number three, when we respect her wishes and follow her teachings. If you have your Bible, let's go to the book of Proverbs, please. Proverbs 6, quickly. Proverbs 6. We're coming down the, approaching the runway here. Proverbs 6, listen to this. This is beautiful. Verse 20, my son, keep your father's commands and do not forsake your mother's teaching. Bind them around your heart forever. Fasten them around your neck. When you walk, they will guide you. When you sleep, they will watch over you. When you awake, they will speak to you. For these commandments are a lamp. This teaching is a light. And the corrections of discipline are the way to life. Well, there's a lot more there, but we should respect her wishes and follow her teachings um, you know, my mom was an amazing woman. She taught me a lot. Let me tell you the basic things that she taught me, and I could go on and on all day. And my mom passed away in the year 2000. It's been 14 years. I miss her like crazy. I still think about her all the time. Um, but here's, here's a couple things my mom taught me. First of all, she taught me to say thank you. Um, all my life, whatever happened, whatever's going on in my life, say thank you. Thank the Lord for that, Larry. Thank that person. Larry, have you written that thank you note yet? She's always kind of, in a way, bugging me to remember to say thanks. Never take anything for granted. Never just assume that you deserve something. Say thank you. And I, I don't know, in a little way, that comes into my life a lot. And, and every time I see someone that I feel like I should thank them for whatever it is, um, uh, I think of my mom because she instilled that in me. Another thing she instilled in me was serving others in front of yourself. Uh, she instilled, my dad did that too, but my mom did it in an extraordinary way. She was always a behind-the-scenes person, but she was always helping somebody. And, and I like to think that some of the help gift that God has given me kind of falls from, from my mother's uh, um, example. Because when things on our block, you know, someone was sick, they were at the hospital, or someone's going through something, she's making up some food and she's bringing it over there. And she worked at our church, a little Baptist church across the bay. She was a deaconess in that church. And deacons serve. That's what the word literally means, those who serve. And so she was always behind the scenes. She served, she served, she served. And she instilled in me by her example and sometimes by, my, by her coaching and sometimes by a foot in my backside <laughs> that it's better to serve than to be served. I always think about my mom. Another thing that she taught me very practically and this, I didn't thought about this until this morning in the sermon, actually. She taught me to never leave the house without a Kleenex. <laughs> and it struck me as I was thinking through these things this morning, I just happened to stick my hand in my pocket as I was going through this point in the message, and suddenly I felt this Kleenex, and I remembered. <laughs> she always said, you got your Kleenex? I don't know why. It's like, did I have a perennial running nose? I don't know what it was. <laughs> but to this day... I don't leave my house. <laughs> Not a Kleenex. 
You respect what your moms say to you, and you put them deep into your heart. Man, I miss, miss my mom. And someday I'm going to see her again, because she loved Jesus, and she knows Jesus. And that's going to be a beautiful day to see her and the many others that know Christ. Lastly, we honor our mothers by showing her how valuable she is. How valuable she is. Uh, let's, if you're still in Proverbs, just go to the end of the book of Proverbs 31. Let's just finish here. Proverbs 31. We got time. This is good. Proverbs 31. Speaking of this godly, amazing woman. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Here's what they say. Many women have done done noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her the reward she has earned and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. How much is she worth? She is precious. So, not just on one day out of the calendar year, but all throughout the year, these are simple ways that we honor our parents. And specifically today, speaking of today, our moms. Now this morning, Maybe you've never opened your heart to Jesus. And we said last week in the preview that there's no way that you can ever really honor others the way you're supposed to until you have a picture of what it means to honor God. And the way you honor God with your life is you acknowledge his sovereignty and you give him his rightful place in your life. And right here, right now, is a beautiful opportunity for you to do just that. You can acknowledge his sovereignty and give him his rightful place. Let's go to the Lord right now. Shall we pray together? Dear Jesus, thank you for your amazing sacrifice when you died on the cross to give us life and liberty and forgiveness. And Lord, here on this Mother's Day moment, we pause to acknowledge the value of our moms and, and even the moms that had a difficult way about it, Lord. We honor them today. We honor that position. We say, God, how difficult, how hard, how challenging it must be. And so, Lord, by prayer and supplication, sometimes by even a little healthy distance in those tough situations, sometimes by forgiving, we say, Lord, honor our moms. And Lord, others of us who have had honorable moms, certainly moms that would even deserve honor, we ask that you would help us to see ways that daily we can speak appreciation and value into their lives. Thank you, Lord, for the many ways you've blessed us because of them. And Lord, if you brought someone to the service today that has never opened his or her heart to you, Maybe they're visiting today. Maybe they're with their mom. Maybe they are a mom here today. Whatever they are, whoever they are, Lord, if today they've recognized their need for you, would you wonderfully, as only you can, cause them to see their need for forgiveness and invite you to be their Lord and Savior.
And if that's you, my friend, you're not joining a church, but you're simply acknowledging that you need a Savior. And if today the Lord Jesus has been knocking at your heart, would you, and maybe because your mom has laid the groundwork for this in your life, would you open your life and receive by faith the one who alone can give you forgiveness of sins and eternal life? And in response to that amazing gift, would you dedicate your life to following him? So Lord, hear our prayers and our responses today. For some today, we need to take that step and go over the line and believe on you and begin following you. And others of us who follow you, Lord, need to share, share um, joy and honor to our moms, whichever way we can. And we thank you for that, Lord. Bless us now as we honor you by worshiping you and by bringing words back to you out of what we have heard and learned today. In Jesus' name, amen.